I've been struggling to wrap my head around how to classify this movie. So Decision to Leave is the new Park Chan work film that is out in Malaysian cinemas. Also, woohoo, it's out in Malaysian cinemas. <laughs> like, I think this is the first Park Chan work movie that has been released in Malaysian cinemas. Like, we didn't get Old Boy, that's for sure. I don't remember that. I know I saw The Handmaiden on Netflix, and I don't think it was in cinemas. I don't even think we got Stoker in local cinemas. So this might be the first Park Chan-wook movie in Malaysian cinemas. So that in itself is a big deal. To be fair, I think of the ones that you've listed out, this probably would be the easiest one to come to Malaysian cinema. Oh, for sure. There is the least to cut in this movie. <laughs> Let's put it that yeah. way. And so I was trying to figure out how to classify this movie because on the one hand, I could describe it as this is what you'd get if Park Chan-wook made an Alfred Hitchcock movie. There is the thriller element. There is the romantic mystery element. There is also a very strong film noir element. There's a bunch of stuff going on in this film. But I think if I were to boil it down to its most basic element, I think I would call this a love story. I agree with you. There is a heavy romance story, love story here. But I lean more towards the mystery element of this this piece because i came home last night after watching the movie and my wife was like oh how was it and i was like oh it's fucking brilliant it is a great film and she was like what's it about and i'm like well <laughs> it's about a lot of things i was like it's a police procedural but then it's also this femme fatale hitchcockian thriller but it's also an incredibly sexy movie where there is no sex in it. Like both of these protagonists mm. barely touch each other and yet it feels so incredibly sexy and romantic and sensual. And it is crafted so well. I was thinking about it and I'm like pretty sure this thing is going to clean up come award season because it is such a finely tuned Film. It was selected to compete for the Palme d'Or at the 2022 Cannes Film Festival. Park Chan-wook won Best Director at that festival. And I will admit, I was coming into this with some apprehension. Only because I hadn't seen the trailer and that was by design. I thought this was going to be a slow drama and that I was going to be bored and that I was going to have to pretend to not fall asleep. But I had none of that problem. This movie... It's not fast, but it's paced really well. Park Chan-wook has got a really interesting way of editing his film, this film specifically as well. He's not that concerned with things like continuity. He's not that concerned with things making sense between scenes. He will jump and introduce a new situation and new characters, wanting you, the audience, to just hang on because he will explain it 15 minutes down the line. He respects the audience and expects the audience to do a lot of work, but not in a bad way. So we'll give you the bones of what this thing is about, right? The setting is Busan. There is a cop by the name of Heijun. He's struggling with an unresolved murder case. That's how the kind of movie begins. It starts in the middle of an investigation, and it very clearly sets itself out to be this police procedural. 
Pigeon is like this prodigy cop, right? The youngest guy to ever make inspector slash captain slash whatever. He's not unhappily married, but he's kind of comfortably married. The marriage almost feels like a marriage of convenience. It's not that they're unhappy in it, but it's just they're fine. Fairly early on, it's made clear that they don't live together. They're what's called a weekend marriage. Um because he works elsewhere from the wife. So his wife lives in the town of Ipoh, which is a couple of hours away from Busan. And he obviously only gets to see her over the weekends. He's suffering from insomnia, which means he loves stakeouts because he's always awake in the middle of the night. And suddenly there is an interesting new case where a man has seemingly fallen off the edge of a cliff and is dead. He isn't sure if it's a murder or a suicide. He doesn't know if he fell or took his own life. Did someone push him? And that is when we meet the man's wife, played just incredibly well by Tang Wei, who we last saw in Ang Lee's Last Caution. She is amazing. She is charismatic. She is reserved. She is just incredibly sexy in this without having to do anything that is overtly sexual. Yeah. And that is a testament to her performance and the writing. Of course, the both of them meet. She is a suspect in the case. And in true Hitchcockian fashion, he begins to develop feelings for this woman. And of course, it clouds his mind and gets in the way of the investigation. I think that is all we will tell you. And I think that is all you will get from the trailer as well. Because to say mm. any more would give away the unorthodox way in which the story kind of plays out. Like if you've yeah. seen any Hitchcock, you might have an inkling of where this is going. But at the same time, Park Chan-wook isn't... He isn't slavish. This isn't pastiche. He isn't slavish to Hitchcock. He's paying homage to the style, but he's doing his own thing. And so in that sense, it feels rather original and it feels like something fresh. It feels familiar without it feeling like a copy. It doesn't feel like a, like a guy trying to make a Hitchcock movie. It doesn't feel like a guy trying to be Hitchcock. Park Chan-wook's got a couple of bits where it just reminds you of something Hitchcockian. I don't think he's redrawing some Hitchcock imagery. It's just that it feels very Hitchcock. There's a feeling within the music and the and the setup and the tone and the story that these characters feel like they're in a Hitchcock movie without it being an homage to a Hitchcock film. There are some phenomenal shots in this film. Fantastic overhead shots. The way he uses reflection to tell his story when he pulls focus between characters. All of this... Yeah adds to the storytelling in a way that most movies do not. I feel that a lot of films that we watch, a lot of cinematography is incredibly functional. It gets the job done. When you watch a Park Chan-wook movie, when you watch this movie, I believe it's important that the audience notices these things and he makes you notice these things because it's part of his cinematic language and it's part of the way he's chosen to tell the story. So... It's not some secret hidden thing that cinephiles and cineasts will notice. It is something that you will notice too because it's absolutely crucial in the way the story is told. And I love it. There's a beautiful sequence in, a, in an interrogation room between our two leads where Park Chan-wook used a split diopter lens. 
And I've never seen a split diopter lens used that way. In a lot of times, a split diopter lens feels like a gimmick when it's used. So let me explain. A split diopter lens is when two people are in a shot and both of them are in focus despite that one being in the foreground and one being in the background. Spielberg, I think, used it once or twice in West Side Story. But here, that split diopter lens is used to make two people having a conversation look like four people having a conversation. It is a beautifully placed scene because it ramps up the tension. You already don't trust anybody, but when that shot is being used that way, you're asking questions of like, who's flipping sides, who is being truthful, who is trying to pull the wool over whose eyes. It's a beautiful moment. I almost lost too much of the dialogue because I was so locked into that shot. And even if you don't know what a split diopter is, subconsciously it is affecting your experience of the film. Because, because you're seeing it happen, right? It's not yeah. natural and it feels a little weird and it's affecting how you absorb this story. And he does it throughout. Like there is so little exposition in this film. There is a great rooftop chase scene where he's tracking down a murderer and the conversation that they have during that final confrontation between him and the suspect. And he puts down his gun and he has this little chat about love and what men are willing to do and how far they're willing to go for love and what they're willing to sacrifice. And all of that, of yeah. course, comes into play later in the show as well. And so it's one of these great scripts where conversations and interactions between characters actually grow these characters and tell you what you need to know. Mm, yeah. I found very little that I didn't like about this film. The music was fantastic. The atmosphere was great. The acting was absolutely superb. The storytelling, the dialogue, the conversations, the way he frames his shots, the staging of it. Ah, it's all so good. It's all so accomplished. We're talking technical here, but there was a point in the film where I felt like the movie was ready to be finished. And one of those things where you thought, okay, this feels like a natural art to the film. And I realized that we were only about halfway through the movie. And I was, I have to admit, I was kind of disappointed because the second half of the movie started to feel like it was flabby. It started to feel a little unnecessary to that first half of the story which I felt was the point of the movie, but it wasn't. He pulls the carpet from under you, like five minutes into that second part or the third act, if you will. You think, uh, what's he doing? Is he stretching this out a little longer than it yeah. needs to be? And then suddenly something happens and you're like, holy shit, this is good. I don't mean to bring it up, but it's a bit of a bugbear of mine. Like that 45 minute opening for Drive My Car. 45 minutes before the title card shows up. That first 45 minutes, I'm sorry, in a three-hour movie, felt irrelevant, felt unnecessary. Whereas here, that first half feels like it's the first episode of a mystery show, mystery series, and then there's a second 45 minute. There is a beautifully... I don't even know if it's the third act. It feels like that first half has its own three act. The second half has its own three act. And as a two-piece, it was beautifully done. I think it's also important to note there is... A tremendous amount of profoundness and emotion, 
but it is also incredibly funny. There are these moments yeah. that will have you laughing out loud. And I think that's what makes this movie work so well because there is a balance and that mm. humor is required to kind of cut through something that is at its core rather depressing. It is a story of unrequited love in many ways. And I think the idea of having it play out the way it does and being humorless at the same time would be too much. It would be too heavy. Mm. As a very, very clever decision to have the human interactions in this film feel somewhat light from time to time. Yeah, yeah. The other interesting thing that Park Chan-wook does, which I found smart, was his use of technology, was his use of phones and smartwatches. They play an integral part in the mystery. And it's used in a very interesting way. Like there are murder mysteries and, you know, just talking about the whodunit element of this, there are murder mysteries that kind of rely on technology as the deus ex machina, right? And the mm. ghost in the machine to kind of help you solve what's going on. Or the writers haven't found a way to acknowledge the presence of technology and it kind of feels shoehorned in. Yes. This feels like an incredibly natural use of technology and how it comes to play in actually triggering the aha moments. It didn't feel like it was shoehorned in. It felt like a very natural use of the way smartphones and smartwatches have become so integrated into our lives. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but it all feels natural, right? It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel gimmicky to the story. The way Park Chan-wook shoots the characters anticipating new messages coming in. The way Park Chan-wook treats the mobile phones and the tracking and it all feels completely organic to the story that they're telling. These are about as pivotal to the story as the murder weapon and the, the location of the crime. We're incredibly lucky in that we're getting it so soon after its South Korean release. It opened over there on the 29th of June and we're just getting it two weeks after, which is absolutely fantastic. Parasite as well. We got Parasite very, very early on before it made a mark and a dent yeah. at the American box office and among the American critics. So I have a feeling this one is definitely going to be one of our favorites of the year. It is just so beautifully made and it is what cinema should be <laughs> but <laughs> but in a good C. way right because every time people use the word cinema in that sense in that tone it always means something art house and inaccessible this yeah. is the perfect blend i think of accessibility to the mass audience because of the story it's trying to tell and art house inclinations in the way it is shot I don't even know if it's that art housey, and I love that it isn't. Sure, there is a small market for art house films, but I think in telling this story, Park Chan Wook is being very adult about it. We all love our MCUs, but sometimes you want something a little more, I don't know about challenging, but a little more adult in storytelling, I guess is the best way to say it. It's what we see a lot in TV, right? Things like Under the Banner of Heaven, things like Apple TV's new Blackbird. It's it's not an easy watch. It's something that you have to settle in, pay attention to, focus in on, and be a part of the story. Be, be present in that story. And this is the perfect example of what these kinds of movies can and should be. You have to be present in this. If you watch it at home, you will miss out. You will be playing with your phone and that will be a crime. 
Decision to Leave opens in cinemas tomorrow. We highly, highly recommend that you go and watch it on the big screen. As far as I understand, I think Mubi has the rights to release the film in North America and the UK, and it's only coming out over there in October. Probably in time for award season because they tend to release those movies later in the year where Academy members have it fresher in their memories. But we get a chance to see it first. Make the most of it. You will not be disappointed. It is just a beautiful, beautiful meditation on desire, on regret, on unrequited love. It's just so very good. Catch Decision to Leave in cinemas. Let us know what you think when you do. We really want to talk to you about this movie. You know how to reach out to us, Goggler MY, all of our social media feeds. You can also email us on podcast at goggler.my or send us a WhatsApp on the Goggler hotline, 012-524-5208. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Goggler Podcast.